How many of you? How many of you all in here drive? How many of you here riding a car with somebody else? Then, if you don't drive, okay. Everybody gets on the road every once in a while. How many? How many? Uh, how many of? I'll say because we in West Virginia. I don't say how many y'all. How many of y'all ever been over in MacDowell County? Uh, a few of you, yeah, uh-huh. Uh, how many of y'all ever been over in Buckhannon County? Yeah. How many of y'all ever seen a coal truck before? Let me ask you that. Uh-huh, yeah, so I thought that's, that's unanimous. Seen coal truck before. Uh, you know, um, uh, coal trucks are amazing things, you know, to see them, those, those things rolling. What's more amazing is here around in these parts of the country where we're at right now, it's amazing some of the roads that they can take some of these coal trucks on. Uh, a number of years ago, some of us were riding motorcycles over around Buchanan County, and we came across Clinch Mountain. I don't remember exactly the route number. And we, we got behind this uh, this coal truck and and some of the curves, I think the driver reached out there and wiped off his brake lights while he was going around the curves, you know. All of a sudden, he would, he would have the right front wheel over in a ditch and the left trailer wheel was hanging over the bank, you know. It was, it was tough. But, but all of us have seen it. All of us has witnessed these coal trucks around this part of the country. Uh, sometimes it's bright red letters. Sometimes it's yellow letters. Uh, you know, we never know how it's going to appear. Nikki, I need you to advance one slide for me, please, ma'am, to get my machine unlocked here. And uh, we never know how it's going to appear, but most of us have seen this in the part, this part of the country we're in. Keep back 200 feet. Sometimes it might say 500 feet. Sometimes it's 150 feet. Sometimes you'll see the ones that, that also have a... Uh, a disclaimer underneath the stay back 200 feet and it will say not responsible for broken windshields. Some of y'all have asked what NR stands for in my name. It stands for not responsible, okay? We've seen these things. We've got behind them, haven't we? Dragging up some of these hills 10, 15 mile an hour sometimes. We've been there. We've done that. Maybe even got a t-shirt to prove it. Stay back 200 feet. A clear message sent to us. And if something flies off, your car or your pickup truck or maybe even you is going to get damaged or hurt. But let's be honest with ourselves. We don't pay much attention to that stay back 200 feet sign, do we? Most of the time, we got the hood ornament on our pickup truck. That big Dodge Ram is stuck right up under that reflector strip on the back of the truck. Because we're in a hurry. We don't get to where we're going. We ain't got time to ride behind that coal truck. And we don't worry about staying back no 200 feet. You know, can't touch this anyway. We recognize that there's danger and there's risk involved. But yet, we stay as close to that thing as we can. Just waiting on the next section of dotted line. And there's some of you that's unsanctified drivers, you don't even wait on the dotted line. I can tell by looking at you. 
On the other hand, on the other hand, here we are, staying real close to something we shouldn't be staying close to. But on the other hand, God calls us to stay close to Him. But sometimes we keep our distance. Hello? You don't follow, you don't see us stay back 200 feet on the back of God's dump truck, if he's got one. Peter, the apostle, he was one of the twelve. He, he's, he's the guy that got the name change. He's the guy that, uh, uh, you know, that, that Jesus looked at and he says, Peter upon, or he said, Simon upon this rock, I'm going to build my church from hereafter. Your name is going to be Peter because Peter is Petra or it means rock. He said, and you've received my revelation. He's the one that got the name changed. He's the one that was always under Jesus's foot. I can imagine, I can imagine in some ways Jesus for, for those of you that are old enough to remember, I can imagine Jesus and, and Peter having sort of a Sergeant Carter and Gomer Powell relationship. Remember, those of you remember, Sergeant Carter's always saying, Powell! I can, I, I can almost imagine, no, Jesus is more patient than that. I can imagine Jesus saying, 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 Peter, Give me, give me a little space here. Give me some room. So, so we, we find that, that, that Peter's always underfoot. He's the guy that was in the middle of everything. He's the guy that gets up and cuts the ear off of, of a Roman centurion in, in defense of his Lord. But suddenly, as we're going to read in scripture, Peter is gazing from a distance. He's gazing from a distance. Distance, if you, Look that up. It means a separation of space and or time. It typically, distance has a negative impact on relationships. Despite the old adage that absence grows, makes the heart grow fonder, that's really not necessarily, really not entirely true. Some situations and some, some circumstances Maybe yes, but distance is not good or healthy ordinarily for a relationship. So we enter this scene in Scripture and Peter has been rebuking Jesus. He's just told Jesus that Jesus said, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter is rebuking his Lord. He is rebuking Jesus. And then we find that as they go off to the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter is one of the ones that goes to sleep. And then we come to this verse of Scripture here in Mark chapter 14, if you have your Bibles there. They led Jesus to the chief priest, where the high priest, religious leaders, and scholars had gathered together. Peter followed at a safe distance until they got to the chief's priest's courtyard where he mingled with the servants and he warmed himself at the fire. Peter followed him at a distance. Peter, Peter followed him at a 
distance. Right into the courtyard of the high priest, there he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. Going down a little bit further to verse 69. The maids saw him standing there and began telling the others, There he is! That's the disciple of Jesus. Peter denied it again. And a little later, others standing around the fire began saying to Peter, You are too one of them. You're one of those guys from over in Galilee. You're one of those Jesus people. And Peter began to curse and to swear. I don't even know this fellow that you're talking about, he said. I want to preach to you this morning, if you allow me for the next few minutes, about watching at a deadly distance. Watching at a deadly distance. When we begin to think about Distance, again, distance is separation. Distance is removing ourselves from a circumstance or a person, if you would. There's some situations in, in our life that distancing is better. Like if you're following that loaded coal truck and it's got 200 feet on it and it's not tarped across the top and you already got chunks of coal bouncing off your front end of your pickup truck you know it's a good time to distance yourself. There's times where distance does make common sense and is the logical thing to do. But we're not talking about this following coal trucks this morning. We're not talking about uh, uh, toxic relationships this morning. And sometimes we find those with people and it's better to distance ourselves. But what we are talking about this morning is our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And what I do want to speak to you about is that we should be very guarded and very careful not to distance ourselves from the Lord. Because distancing ourselves from the Lord will not make our heart grow fonder in spite of that old adage that I've already mentioned. Distancing ourselves from the Lord is detrimental to us. In fact, distancing ourselves from the Lord has the potential to be deadly for us. You're talking about that I'll die if I turn away from the Lord, preacher? No, I'm not talking about that you'll die physically, but spiritually, you will experience death if you turn from the Lord. This morning, I want to leave with you just a few points. The first one is the danger of following at a distance. Listen, here is one danger. And listen, we're Pentecostals in this room. If you're, uh, you know, if you say, well, I'm not preacher. Well, you're actually, you are in a Pentecostal church this morning. Let me put it that way. Listen, Sometimes, if we're not careful, we can be, find ourselves following at a distance when we don't even mean to. Now, uh, we as Pentecostals especially, we are given over to wonders. But I want you to gather this with me today. Following signs and wonders, following signs and wonders can distance us from God. Understand that in the scripture it says, uh, it, it speaks of the end time, uh, which uh, I don't think we're, we're very close to it. We may not be in the middle of it yet, but we are very close to it. But it says, marvel not that even Satan himself can appear as an angel of light, calling fire down from heaven. 
Listen, I, I want to share this with you. I, I love experience. I love the Pentecostal experience. I love feeling the Holy Ghost, as we call it. I love experiencing. I love being a, a, around services where things are happening, as we say. I love all of that. Don't misunderstand me and don't get me wrong, but my faith cannot be settled in on following signs and wonders. Because signs and wonders can mislead us. Because we find even if even Satan can appear as an angel of light, the Bible says he would deceive the very elect if it were possible. And I don't have time to go into the very elect part this morning, but that is very significant. Listen, understand with me this morning. Miracles, biblically speaking, miracles are to follow us. As believers, not believers following miracles. Are you with me? Miracles, signs, and wonders are to follow us. But sometimes I I, I see that Christian people and church people, uh, and again, I, I I like good services. Don't misunderstand me. I like being I, I like being as we used to say under the spout where the glory is coming out. But but understand with me, I cannot get caught up in finding signs and wonders. Some of you in this room are old enough that if I mention one name, you're going to notice the name, and that's that name is the name Jim Jones. Some of you all remember that name, don't? you it was it was a man that that displayed signs and wonders and he he took people off to Guyana and there they end up giving their life literally as they drank his poison kool-aid as we is more well known people missed the leadership of the holy spirit because they were following the signs and wonders of a man i don't want to follow a man if you're following this man you're following the wrong person uh, we're to be following Jesus and we, we follow Jesus and the best way to follow Jesus is to get in this right here and dig into it and seek Him. Spirit and Word will always go together. The Holy Spirit will never bear witness contrary to the Word of God. Peter distanced himself from Jesus. Listen to me. Peter distanced himself from Jesus when the miracle stopped happening. Check it out in Scripture. When the miracle started, in, in fact, last Sunday, the message I preached last Sunday even pertained to the same thing. People began to wonder, well, where's the fishes and loaves at when they got to the other side? Remember that from last Sunday's message? Where, where, where are the fishes and loaves at? Where are the miracles at? We want more fishes and loaves. We want more miracles. They weren't pursuing Jesus. They were pursuing the things that Jesus did. You see, I said this a number of weeks ago, and I have to admit, I have to give credit where credit it is due. I stole this from my wife. We're really good at seeking the hand of Jesus, but we fail to seek the face of Jesus. Because we want the benefits, but we fail to bless Jesus. So we can't get caught up in following signs and wonders. I guarantee you that if Jesus had flexed his spiritual muscles... On Pilate's steps or while Jesus was hanging on the cross, even though he was mighty and he was strong, if he had made a public display and removed himself as he was challenged to, Peter would have been right out in front of everybody saying, yeah, boy, that's my Jesus right there. You just look at what he just did. But no, Jesus was, Peter was watching everything unfold from a distance. 
He was watching from a way off. He would have been stuck like glue. But there was no flex. There was no display. There was no rush of angels that came down to, to carry Jesus off of the cross. There was no God show, if you would. And since there was no miracle, there was distance. Now, the second thing that I want to, I want to leave you with this morning is distance is comfortable for us. Distance is comfortable. You see, let me tell you something. To be a disciple on the night that Jesus was apprehended was not the place necessarily to be if you wanted that warm and fuzzy feeling. Because not only were they after Jesus, but they were after all of those that were followers of Jesus. In fact, you see that they, the, the, the people, people went and locked themselves. The followers of Jesus had even barricaded themselves in their homes, per se, in those early days, in those, in those, in those especially those first hours. They, they had removed themselves because they feared for their, their lives. But understand this with me this morning. Distance can make us comfortable because as long as Peter was distant, long as he was over there with the other crowd, long as he was hanging out over the barrel that was uh, perhaps or whatever it was, or maybe it was one of these gas patio heaters, you know. But but wherever it was at, Peter was hanging out by the fire, not not the Holy Ghost and fire, mind you. He was he was hanging out where it was comfortable. You see, being at a distance can be very comfortable for us. But I've got some news for you, and I don't mean to for this to sound like bad news, or I don't mean for it to sound like sad news, but Jesus is not really interested in making us comfortable. He brings us comfort. He brings us rest. He brings us to a place of peace. But Jesus is not really interested, if you would, in us being comfortable. Because you see, when we serve the Lord and you read throughout the pages of Scripture, especially the New Testament, from the Gospels on through the writings of Paul and into the, the, the Revelation, you find out that men and women that chose to follow Jesus, their lives weren't very comfortable. If you don't believe me, just imagine spending a few nights in jail with mice running across your feet, spiders running down over your head, you're chained to a wall, you can't do that, but you are in jail and you see praises all night long. Listen, being a Christian is not necessarily comfortable. Being a Christian, I quantify that as being a follower and a servant of Jesus. In fact, Jesus, um, I'm going to venture in to say that Jesus constantly made people feel uncomfortable. Last week I spoke about, in my message, I brought out the point of conviction. Of how that conviction is what brings us to the Lord. But let me tell you, if you're convicted of something, if you're convicted of your sin, if you're feeling the need of salvation, let me tell you what, it's going to make you feel uncomfortable. If, 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 if Jesus is, if you're really serving Him and you're doing, you're all in all and you're really giving your life over to Him, there's going to be some uncomfortable seasons in your life. There may be things that you thought you had, just had to have that you'll do without. There'll be, there'll be places that you say, well, no, I can never go there that, uh, you'll have to let go of. 
I, I, I always, I think about Pam and Scott when I come to a moment like this, as I, I know they've prayed, they've, uh, they, uh, they've prayed over their children all of their lives, and, but you never had any idea that your daughter was going to pack up and go to the other side of the world, living in a third world heathenistic country that was filled with violence and she could have been killed at any time. You, you, you never thought about that, did you, Pam? No. And it was uncomfortable when she went. And she's back in Oklahoma now, most of you all know that, working in the general offices. But it was very uncomfortable knowing that she's in uh, the other on the other side of the world, in a third world country, where it's violent and everybody's killing one another and people are persecuted for their faith. You know, that, that becomes uncomfortable. You see, so God is not calling us to be being being at a distance from God though will make it comfortable for us because we're not close enough for Him to really require anything of us. Because when we distance ourselves and put in ourselves in that comfort level, what is happening? We are just fitting in with everybody else. I thought about chameleons. I think it's chameleons. Chameleons. That little lizard that has the ability to change colors. That's its defense, in fact. It can be on a limb and it can be, and it can turn the shade of the limb it's on. It can be on a leaf and change. And, and it's amazing, uh, how much like Jesus we can look in church or how much like Jesus we can be when we're, we're in the church crowd. But then sometimes if we're around another crowd, we can change. We can fit into whatever crowd that we're in. Things that you would not laugh at here in church, you laugh at somewhere else. Uh, things that you would shake a, a head at here in church, you know, you'll nod a head at somewhere else. You see, so, so we have to be careful that we find ourselves not distancing ourselves because distancing can come comfortable. If we're comfortable, we need to be, you need to be very careful because listen, if you're very comfortable, if Jesus is not challenging you, if you are not being challenged in your faith this morning, I would consider that a danger sign. If your faith is not being challenged, if if God is not challenging you to something that, that is requiring something of you, I would examine my faith this morning. We choose churches based on comfort. We choose that church. Does it does this does it feel good to me? Do I fit in? We heard an advertising on the radio yesterday. We can we make ever we can make everybody fit in. Man, I want to tell you something. If if you can't come here and, and and if 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 you come to this church and somebody doesn't teach you or preach to you or sing you a song and you leave here with a little bit of blood every once in a while, then 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 something is wrong because it's too comfortable. We don't need me. We welcome you, and I want you to enjoy yourself. And I, but I want you to grow in your faith. I don't want to necessarily be comfortable, make you comfortable. I, I want you to every once in a while have to say, oh me and roll your toes up because let me tell you something I have to roll mine up when the word of God gets a hold of me when the word of God comes to me I have to draw mine up in my little size 7 shoes and curl them up as far as I can because the word of God will get on and if you are being exposed to the word of God whether it's this church or wherever you go don't find some place that's going to make you feel good you find some place that's going to give you the word of God that you can leave and you can know that you have grown 
when you step out the front doors and go home on Sunday afternoon. Comfort is actually highly overrated. Comfort is not the recipe for growth. Sarah and I have a very comfortable couch. It has buttons on it. And you can recline your feet and you can recline your head. And it has a console where you can put your Dr. Pepper in. And and you can put your remote down in there. You put a 357 Magnum right down in there in the middle area. You know, you got home security. You know, you got everything right there. It's comfortable. And that's good in my living room. But comfort is not the recipe for growth in the life of a Christian. Comfort. Peter stayed warm where it was comfortable, but he didn't stay close. Peter stayed warm, but he didn't stay close. Somebody ought to shout right now. Hey, y'all hang on. I ain't got but two more. Is that big enough to see? Can y'all see that? I'm sorry. It looks good on the computer. It's all different when it gets up there. Distance in conversation and company. I've already touched on that just a minute. Peter distanced himself from the Lord and the other disciples with the new company he was keeping. Now listen, I think you ought to be a friend to everybody. I've got, I've got, I've got friends that are redneck, white socks, you know what the other one is. I, you know, Sarah, I serve as chaplain in the Harley Owners Group. You know, and I can promise you everybody in that bunch ain't saved. Okay? I, I, and, and so, so I'm not saying that we shouldn't be out there and, and spreading the gospel message to anybody. We, we can't be locked up in a bubble. We were talking about that in Life Group just a few minutes ago when we were over in the Life Group sessions. But here's the thing about it is we, 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 we can't allow ourselves to become distance from the family of God and the presence of God in conversation and company. Because distance will impact your conversation. I've already touched on that. And out of the abundance of one's heart, we will deny the power thereof. Because out of the abundance of our heart, we will begin to speak. And, and, and if we, and, and listen, I'm not talking necessarily about finding myself in a bunch of heathen people that have never been saved and, and we all been heathen people by the way. The only difference between any of us in this room or any of us is watching is that we have made our, our, our souls right through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only difference in this room. There's some that are saved, some that are unsaved because of the decision you have or have not made of the Lord Jesus Christ. But, I'm not talking about just mingling with unsaved people. I think when we surround ourselves with negativism, when we surround ourselves with naysayers, when we surround ourselves with people that, 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 that are gotten, are got, and you remember a few weeks ago, some of you were here and I used my buddy Heath over here about, uh, he, he couldn't pull me up on the pew, but I certainly could pull him down. When we make associations with people, our close circle, our, I'm talking about our good friends, we need to make sure it's going to be with people that are going to keep us close to the Lord. Listen, distance made him comfortable with his new friends. If we follow the Lord at a distance, we will become comfortable with new friends and those new friends may not speak good things 
into our lives. You see, because Peter's enemy has suddenly become his entourage. He wanted to be their friend suddenly. Peter's more concerned about what his new friends thinks or about what will happen to him, uh, of course. And he quickly chose people and chose himself over his Lord. Is that what, that's what happens when you're at a distance. That's what happens when you're far away. The fear of being alone as humans uh, is just ostracizing to us. The fear of being alone, it, it just scares us to death. And, and, and we will, there, listen, there are people that will substitute humanity for Jesus at the drop of a hat. I'm probably not preaching to anybody in the room this morning, but I got a, a, a friend of mine, he, he's not but about this tall. And, and I pick at him all the time. He's, he's about, he's in his mid thirties and he's never been married. And I'll say, uh, his nickname's Rody. And I, if he watches this, he'll, 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 he'll probably give me a wave. But, but, I'll say, Rody, when you don't get married? And he said, Rody is not looking for no woman. He said, Rody is married to Jesus. And, and the, the, but the fact of the matter is, there are people that will sell out their relationship with God just for a wedding band. There are people that will sell out their relationship with God just to be part of, uh, of some group or to have some title. But we must be careful not to sell out or distance our things from God for, 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 for frivolous things like that. And you say, well, I don't think marriage is frivolous. It is if you forsake God to have that relationship. So sometimes it's more comfortable for us to be with people than it is for us to be accountable with God. Lastly, somebody says, praise the Lord. <laughs> If we are not careful, we will distance ourselves into denial. We will distance ourselves into denial. And that's exactly what Peter did. We can distance ourselves into denial. We can distance ourselves so far from God that we will convince ourselves, Oh, everything's good, everything's fine. But we will gradually, gradually wither on the vine, as it said. You know, I used to be a whopping 5'4". When I was in the sixth grade of school, I was 5'4". When I was in the twelfth grade of school, high school, I was still 5'4". Now I'm 61 years old and I'm 5'2". And those of you in the room that are younger, enjoy it while you can, okay? Despise not the days of your youth, the scripture says. Because there will come a point when you start withering up. Or withering down. Maybe withering down. And withering out. Elf on a shelf. 
I gotta get back to where I was at. But just like, just like our natural bodies, as we go older, we'll, we, 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 our bodies actually do wither away. Plants wither away. But if we remove ourselves from the presence of God, if we distance ourselves from God, we will slowly. You see, I don't realize, I, I have no idea really, I, I say that in my, with my mouth, but my mind does not perceive that I'm not as tall as I used to be. My mind, my birth certificate may say that I'm 61 years old. But my mind still says I'm 35 to 40. And when we distance ourselves from the Lord in our our hearts and our minds, we may think, well, I'm just as close to the Lord as I've ever been. But in reality, that's not true at all. Because we have separated ourselves from the Lord. So we distance ourselves into denial. When you're distanced from the Lord, what used to move you will no longer move you. Apathy will set in. Peter watched as his best friend, Jesus, the Lord, his companion. His companion was beaten ruthlessly. His companion was ridiculed. His companion was spit on. This is the guy that just a few hours earlier had jumped up and sliced off a guy's ear. And now he's doing nothing. He had become distance. You see, when we distance ourselves from the Lord, it's just a matter of time. And it may happen quicker than we even realize that our attitude and our conversation and our morals, our use of money, our choice of entertainment, who we hang out with, the places we go, everything in our life will begin to change as we distance ourselves from the Lord. You see... Squint your eyes real big. Because distance will lead to denial and disaster and to death. Distancing yourself from God will do you no good. You know, you know, and I've been I've been in the ministry a long time. I've been in the ministry a long time. And I know you say, if I hadn't told you six, I was 61, you'd probably say, well, how could that be as young as that guy is? I've been in the ministry a long time, but I want to tell you, the the one thing that I have yet to figure out in ministry is why when trouble comes along, the first thing people want to do is leave the church. I haven't figured that out yet. Or when trouble comes along, the first thing they want to do is, is say, well, I'm through with God. I haven't figured that out yet. Or let me pick on the old, old, listen, I read something not long ago or was in the life groups, I don't remember, that, that old is always 20 years older than you are right now. So if you're old, but why in the world, and I realize sometimes there are physical things that happen, and I, but I'm not talking about the physical things, but I'm talking about when people have grown well up into their years and they've grown older and then they begin to forsake the things of their faith. Comprehend. I can't wrap my mind around all of that. How does how do you just how do you just walk away? How do you begin to distance yourself when problems come? How do you begin how do you just distance yourself when trouble comes? Of, of, of all things, of all things, what needs to occur? Listen to me. 
I want to leave this morning. I want to leave this message on a high note because here, here, here's, here's the good part. Don't be caught watching at a deadly distance. You can stand and you can gaze at Jesus from a long ways off if you, if you choose to. But I, I, but I, I, I'm, 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 I'm pleading with you this morning. Don't be caught that way. But here's the deal. Nick, my last slide's not in there. We need to get the right one over. Okay. Not Nikki's fault, it's my fault. I want you to open your Bibles to James chapter 4 and verse 8. James chapter 4 and verse 8. You can choose to be caught at a deadly distance if you want to. It's your choice. But here's me. James 4 and chapter 8. Come near to God and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double mind. Now I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to do a demonstration for you this morning. I need a, I need a volunteer. Yes, may I see that hand? Thank you, Faith, for volunteering. Okay. If you draw nigh, the Lord said to James, James's epistle, the Lord said, if you will draw nigh unto me, I'll draw nigh unto you. What that means, if you'll, if you'll start coming to me, I'll start coming to you. You've been, Faith's a long ways away from me right now. She's all the way across this room. You want to be Jesus or I'm going to be Jesus? Which one I'm going to be Jesus? Maybe, maybe you should be Jesus because I'm here. Okay. Okay. I took one step towards Jesus. I took another step towards Jesus. I take another step towards Jesus. Did every time I take a step towards Jesus, Jesus is taking one towards me. I take another step towards Jesus. I take another step towards Jesus. I take one more step towards Jesus. Then I take a half step. And me and Jesus is standing toe to toe and eye to eye. And Jesus gives me a big old hug. Okay? Let me say thank you. You can volunteer. Let me, let me, I showed you that to say this. If I would have had to went all the way from this side to that side to got to Jesus. But Jesus makes it easy on me because every step I took, Jesus took a step. And Jesus met me halfway. That doesn't mean that Jesus is compromising. But what that means is Jesus loves me so much that He's willing to run to me if I'm willing to run to Him. And that same thing is good for every one of you in this room and everyone that is watching or listening this morning. He wants to move you from a distance to a closeness with Him. He's wanting to be so close to you that you can feel His breath breathing on you. He wants you to be so close that you can feel His grace. He wants you to be so close that you can feel His touch. He wants you to be as close as close to me. So don't be in it. I want you to bow your head. Close your eyes. Just a moment. You're in this room this morning. You've never been saved. You don't have. You never asked Jesus to 
faith to be your Lord and your Savior. Forgive you of your sins. If that's you, I've got some sad news for you. You're, at a, you're, you're looking at Jesus from a distance. You're outside looking in. If you're in this room this morning and, and, and you once were close to God and, 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 and you once knew God in a, a very intimate way, but you, 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 you have distanced yourself from God and the things of God, You've distanced yourself from prayer. You've distanced yourself from Scripture. You've distanced yourself from the church. Let me tell you something. The distance is not working in your favor. But whether you're the sinner that needs to be saved or you're the one that has grown cold and needs to be renewed this morning, Jesus is saying, if you will draw nigh to me, I'm going to draw nigh to you. You take one step, He's going to take a step. And He is going to meet you in the middle. And with heads bowed and eyes closed and without any embarrassment, I don't embarrass people. I don't come and kiss people. I'm not looking for that at all. But I would like to know if there's anybody in this room that would say, Preacher, I need prayer this morning. I need to be saved. Or I need to get closer to God one more time. Is there anybody in this room that can slip up your hand real quickly? Anybody at all? Everybody's good and happy. That means everybody can feel his breath. You can feel the warmth of his breath, the touch of his hand, the firmness of his embrace. You're close to God. That's great. That's great. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. That's wonderful. This is what I want us to do. I want everybody that can and will. This these final few moments of this service. I want you to come down here to the front of this uh, front of this auditorium, and we're going to worship the Lord a little bit in a song. And since listen, if we're all close and we feel His breath, we feel his, we sense His touch, we we know His embrace. Then guess what? It shouldn't be too hard for us to worship in this room. Right?